0: Episode 8, Interview with Six Submissive Coaches on the Emotional Effects of Their Positive and Negative Experiences with Dominatrices. Welcome to Lightworkers Who Play in the Dark, where we bring the darkness into the light. I'm your host, Mistress Damiana Chi, and I have been a professional dominatrix for over two decades. I'm also a certified sexologist and a kink life coach. I hold a PhD and a master's degree in psychology. I am the founder of the Evolutionary Dominatrix Academy and the creator of Conscious Kink Community. These podcast episodes will feature different themes, like Q&As, where I answer kink-related questions from my listeners. Topic interviews with people in the BDSM community, and femdom psychodrama scenes in which I dominate a submissive while you listen in, as we get into some dom space and subspace together. Now, let's get on with the episode. The following is a recorded interview that I did with six sub coaches who staff my Evolutionary Dominatrix Academy. I call them subcoaches because they are submissives who work alongside me in the academy to coach my students to teach them about the submissive mindset. Submissive psychology is a huge component of my unique femdom training program, and the personal insight that my subcoaches bring to the education is invaluable. The subcoaches are experienced subs of 20 to 40 years. They have high levels of self-esteem, are extremely intelligent, self-aware, and giving. They are just as committed as I am to the mission of preserving our beloved art form of BDSM and educating the next generations of lightworker doms. My subcoaches are also a core part of my very close-knit kink family. They are my personal slaves, subs, and friends whom I love and treasure dearly. This interview was recorded two years ago for the purposes of educating my students. It was never intended to be shared on a public podcast, but I decided to share it with you because I have heard over and over from my students that this interview had a deep impact on them, and that they were moved to tears listening to it. This feedback made me realize that sharing these intimate, personal stories from the point of view of these submissives could benefit many of my listeners. In a lesson that I created for the students of my academy, I composed a list of terms that describe what BDSM is and what it is not. Here is the list of what BDSM is. BDSM is a framework, craft, art form, kink dynamic, energy exchange relationship based on love, trust, consent, acceptance, understanding, connection, non-judgment, authenticity, safe space, healing, honesty, play, bonding, learning, relationship, imagination, creativity, freedom of expression, sharing, integration, focused attention, interest, mutual respect, growth, releasing ego, fun, humor, joy, pleasure, Excitement. Experiences. Experimenting. Moral Ethics. And here is the list of what BDSM is not. Stereotyped cliches depicted in popular entertainment. A psychopathological illness. Disconnection. Mechanical action. Taking advantage. Negative judgment. Non-consensual acts. And it is not any kind of harm or abuse, be it mental, emotional, psychological, physical, or financial. Unfortunately, the terms on this list of what BDSM is not is exactly what many people in the mainstream public or what self-proclaimed, untrained, uneducated DOMs think it is. And this is why therein lies the problem of BDSM being misconstrued, misunderstood, and mispracticed. I asked the subcoaches if they agreed or disagreed with these definitions, and then I asked them to describe some of their personal experiences of sessions with Doms, both negative and positive. The stories that they shared were heard by me for the first time during this interview. Subs, thank you for coming to your interview. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you the first question Did you agree or disagree with the lists in the lesson about what BDSM is and what BDSM is not? Do you see examples online, or have you personally experienced either self proclaimed or uneducated DOMs out there perpetuating the problem? Yes, Charles.
1: I completely agree with the definitions and the uh, proposals that you put through. I I totally, completely agree. And I have experienced, there have only been two sessions that I have ever called. And one was with a very experienced Dom. And um, it became just plain painful. There wasn't any interaction, there wasn't any, um, support, if you will. There wasn't any anything. It was just plain, she was whipping me and it hurt like crazy. And I I said enough. I said, that's, that's it. And I called the session. I, I call that whipping, not
0: mm-hmm. BDSM or not dominating. She's not dominating you. She's just whipping.
1: I completely agree. She was just whipping. And then another one was, um, this was a double And it was a scene where we were playing parts. I was Robin, as in Batman and Robin. Um, Mistress one was um, um, Poison Ivy. Mistress two was Catwoman and uh, the other um, uh, guy that was involved, he was the Joker. And we played with this for months. Uh, leading up to it. And, uh, you know, because I was going to bring them to justice, so to speak. And he had betrayed them. And during the session, um, well, Poison Ivy, first of all, had brought all sorts of uh, vegetables and that sort of stuff to use in various color- colorful ways. And uh, Catwoman w- whispered in my ears something very, very sexual and it was not expected we did not have any kind of a relationship and for sexual things like that I kind of like to at least know your name maybe take you to dinner or something Um, and there was none of that and I told mistress one about it and um, oh she was livid absolutely livid and and it was inappropriate and it and it it she was using a cucumber where the cucumber would fit and i said enough i mean i don't think i have a safe word per se but when i say enough or when i say stop you know that that's it and mm-hmm. and it just it left me with a bad taste it was it um it just wasn't right
0: unfortunately that's what a lot of uneducated DOMs think that BDSM is. I'm just going to get my kicks off, and I don't care what this person thinks because you know it's all ego based, and that's also wrong. And it's it's not BDSM. It's not kink. There's no connection between the DOM and the and their subs. And when there's no connection, it's there's no domination. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Absolutely. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Charles, Stacey, you had your hand up, and then and then Julia. Thank you, Mistress.
2: Uh, I I agree with the list on the lesson. I think that the both the um, you know the what is and what is not list are both very much on point. So I, I can't really take issue with them. Um, in terms of the do I see examples uh, personal examples? Yeah, there's one that came to mind really quickly when I read the question. Um, so I was asked a couple of years ago by a dom I was serving to appear in a scene with another sub and this newcomer dom that she was trying to kind of bring into the, you know, the ranks of doms out there and kind of teach her some things. And so me and the other sub were sort of um, guinea pigs, maybe, or, or lab equipment for her to, you know, play uh, play with. Um, so the first dom had us engage in a forced by activity in front of this other second newcomer dom. And this newcomer used that as Uh, like springboard, basically to start, she suddenly started referring to me and the other subs for the rest of the scene as faggots. Like that was the word she chose and she used it a lot. And um, she, I I don't like that word to begin with. I think it's usually used in kind of a hateful and mean spirited way. And I also don't identify it with it myself. I'm, I know what I look like, but I'm not gay. I don't really feel any attraction for males. So it just seemed like she was very, just utterly clueless for one thing. Um, she wasn't reading the tone of the the responses she was getting because me and the other sub were both like shutting down and like doing the barest minimum of what we were told, but we were not into it. And the other Dom wasn't really giving her any indication that this is how you're supposed to act either. Um, she was very derisive toward us the whole time, very contemptuous and Mm -hmm. it felt unearned. Like you've been doing this for seven minutes now as a Dom and you're, you think you're that superior and above everything. It just... It didn't feel appropriate to me at, in any way. Um, and I, I just had the very clear sense she was just channeling this false stereotype that she's seen out there on, you know, oh, you have to call the subs worms and, you know, tell them that they're worthless and um, dog excrement on her, shoe, you know, all that kind of thing. And it was incredibly unerotic unsexy. It wasn't fun. I was not in subspace for a second of it. Um, and the other dom afterwards said to me that, you know, that was... A failed experiment. It's that she that newcomer was like an acquaintance of someone that's close to me, but I don't really know her well. And yeah, I'm not doing that again. Um, so it wasn't just me. We all felt it. But
0: yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, okay, the Dom you. who was running the session should have protected her subs, actually, in the moment and said, No, we don't call them that. You know, just something. And instead, she was kind of she kind of chickened out of it and said something to you privately at the end, which you know that's that's not the way to go um so it i it's it's so it's it's horrible how this is happening over and over and over it's happened to almost every sub i know it's like some kind of abusive experience uh and some have one abusive experience and then they never go back they never try BDSM again which is is sad so um yeah, i'm sorry that you, that happened to you too charles Thank yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Mr. Yes, Julia?
3: I, I feel like the list was really, really thorough. Um oh yeah. yeah. Uh very thorough. And you know, BDSM at its best is caring, it's loving, it's connection. Um and the 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 stuff that it was not was also very thorough, but there was one Part of it that really struck me, um, probably because of my history, but one thing it is not is judgmental or negative judgment. Um, I know that when I first came into the scene, if somebody made fun of me or criticized my kinks and fetishes, I, I wouldn't have felt safe. I wouldn't have gone back. I might've gone back, but I mean, it would have been really scary. Um, And then I think about if somebody made fun of me for dressing like a girl and wanting to be a girl, I would have been crushed. Mm -hmm. It would have been so hard to deal with. And I definitely wouldn't be able to trust that person. And if I was really new, I don't know if I could trust the scene. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as negative experiences, I've actually been really fortunate. I've had a, I've had some bad breakups with Dom's. I've had a couple, not many, but a couple scenes where I had to call, call red or call my safe word. Um, but mostly because they were new and they just didn't, they didn't know how to read a person. They just, you know, they were still learning, mm-hmm. um, but I had one, one experience that was really it was really disappointing. I, I had gone to a play party and uh, in one of the rooms, this experienced Pro Dom had set up and was like playing with somebody and then would ask, you know, does somebody else want to play? And you know of course I jumped at the I jumped at the opportunity and so I get on the spanking horse and she proceeded to do exactly exactly the same thing that she had done to the previous person that I was standing there watching mm-hmm. and wow did I feel disconnected disconnected from the scene disconnected from her mm-hmm. And it ended. It was like it was like nothing happened. Yeah. And it it, it was definitely like it, it's it shows the real problem with um with cookie cutter sessions. Like one size does not fit all.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. That's also just like I got a checklist and I'm just going to go through them like a shopping list, just mechanically, just go through them. Yeah, makes you feel like a number. No more, Mm -hmm.
3: no more than a number.
0: Yeah. Yes, Charles, and then Greg.
3: And then I I see
0: your hand, Lopey, go ahead.
1: Go ahead, Charles. On that checklist, I was at a party and I literally watched a very well-respected Don literally go through that checklist with uh, the sub that she was working at with at a party, party. And it wasn't even fun to watch. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Greg.
4: Um, As far as bad experiences, I I had one similar to what Charles and um, Julia had talked about. Fortunately for me, I was the first person. And then when I looked at the second one, it was exactly what I went through. So it wasn't as as bad as what Julia, you know, just going through the exact same thing. I watched the exact same thing. So it was a little different. I had another one. It was actually at TomCon, where There was a group of us playing um, several well-known pro-doms and a couple subs, and um, it was all fun and everything. And then one of the the pro-doms just brought this other lady in, said, oh, uh, the other lady said, oh, I want somebody I could beat hard or whatever. And I didn't hear anything about this. And she said, oh, you could just use him. And I had, you know, no desire really to to play. And this lady just started uh, doing the... The bad you know calling me a total you know piece of crap and whatever and and just be totally belittling me and, and you know hitting me really hard right off the bat and and um it ended pretty quick i guess she could see that i wasn't at all into it and just so she just kind of stopped fairly quick but it was a bad experience mm. I, I didn't call it or anything but i, I wasn't having a good time
0: mm-hmm. wow i'm sorry that happened to you greg I I I know subs that are very respectful. Who they don't want to call their safe word, and they they don't want to call out. Um, they they don't want to disrespect the dom, or they don't want to be impolite or whatever. And and they just endure it. And basically, they're just enduring being abused. And that's that's wrong. It's wrong. And so I'm sorry that happened.
5: LP. Thank you, Mistress. Um, a couple examples i can give uh, to answer your question yes i thought the list was very com- complete and i was very grateful to see the list of abuses on there because of the fact that there's just not enough people that understand that bdsm is not abuse and anytime anytime it's non-consensual like your list states over and over again it crosses into abuse um, a couple of examples that I can, personal examples for myself, I can give, uh, I, I've, I've been in a personal DS dynamic before in which that dynamic degraded to, um, constant, constant, never ending criticism. Um, criticism, uh, it, it cr- criticism is not, it, um, it's not my kink. It's never been my kink and, and. Uh, I I I don't know a whole lot of Dom or a lot lot of subs that criticism is a kink. Uh, It's okay to be criticized when you make a mistake, but to look for things to criticize, that's when it becomes really difficult. And but by by the time, you know, after a few few months of that, I was so beat down and Mm -hmm. so I I had lost myself. I was uh, saw myself as just a a totally. valueless submissive that could not do anything right. I was walking on eggshells with every single conversation. Um, that, that is one example I wanted to give. And, and another example I wanted to give as an experienced submissive that when uh, it's happened to me on a couple of occasions, when I meet a, a new uh, dominatrix and, and play with her, they tend to be intimidated by the fact that I have so much experience and they're trying to show me how they're able to do all these big, serious things. Well, it, it doesn't work like that. I, I don't need to be impressed by how, how hard you can throw a whip. That's not what it's about. And I have literally, one of my first dates um, after my divorce four years ago, one of my first dates with the Dom, um and I really didn't have experience in a lifestyle type setting in a date setting like that, where so I didn't know how to actually bring it up. But we just started playing and she tied me face down on the bed and she literally just started beating the crap out of me, literally stood on top of the bed with with the the whip just banging down on my back over and over again. And I had to read it's one of the few times in my life I've ever had to read and stop the, the, the play. And you know, in the in the aftermath, I explained to her, you know, she she confessed to me that she felt intimidated and thought that's what I wanted. And, and I had to explain to her, no, and, and just educate her on how the process works and how we have to build up to that. And that I have to have a connection with the person in order to suffer for them in, in that regard. Um, so that that's another example of, it's a very common example I'm hearing from other subs that they've had similar experiences that, um, you know, it's not about that. It's not about how hard you can whip me. Uh, there's plenty of people out there that can whip a sub really hard. And that has nothing to do with domination and submission. Um, exactly. Just a, just a couple of examples. I, I thought, and I was, like I said, I was very grateful to see your list mistress. It was very complete. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. I'm, um, there's a reason why I put that first, that lesson. Um, it has to be, it has to be said. This is, bdsm is not all those things um that people actually think it is and um what you're describing is a is a very common unfortunately newbie doms they want to overcompensate for the fact that they're new and they want to um act you know they, they want to kind of like show off like you know what I, I know how to so they those are the ones that always hit harder than they're supposed to because they want to they want to act tough, or they want to seem like, you know, I'm really dominant, see. And that's not, that's not what dominance is. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry that happened to you, LP. That's.
5: Thank you, mistress.
0: I, I think I remember that when that happened.
5: Yeah. And um, to, to be honest, that was with the person who, to this day, I maintain a very close relationship with. She's a good, a very good friend. Um, but it's it's a common mistake, and it's important that that every submissive feel empowered to stop a session in a situation like that. It's
3: important, very important. It is very important. Yeah. Yes, Mistress.
0: Thank you,
5: LP. You're
0: Julia, welcome. you wanted to comment on that?
3: Yes, Mistress. Um, I know when I was new in the scene, and I had just opened the door to even exploring this world, and I was because of society, because of religious upbringing, because of everything, I was worried. I was scared that that was what BDSM was. And I had all these dark thoughts and, you know, dark desires. And I was worried that, you know, it was abuse. It was all this stuff and I still wanted it. And, um, It was such a relief to learn that that's what it's not and to be loved and be accepted and embraced.
0: Good. Thank you, Julia. Greg and then Spike, you can share your story.
4: Uh, Real quick along LPs mentioning about newbie doms, besides the physical, I think that's also true the way that they act. Mentally, when communicating with slaves or subs or anyone where they're very cold and very uh, demanding or whatever, overtly demanding sometimes versus being a little bit more able to uh, I guess just be more friendly in the way that they communicate with with the uh, subs, you can still be friendly and dominant, where it seems like a lot of the newbies tend to be mean to try and compensate by being mean.
0: Correct. I see that too, Greg. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, Spike, can yes, please ma'am. share your story.
6: Well, um, my story very much plays into that. Um, the reason I put up put all my toys in a cardboard box in the bottom of my closet was um, I basically married someone who professed to be a dom and had no experience. And so in play with her, um, there was never anything i could do where i everything was leveled with a constant criticism there was no no way ever to be successful as a submissive so there's no understanding of the nature of submission and the need to please um if you're constantly derided or um criticized there's there's no gain in that it plays to no kink at all to in my mind to be constantly Derided and and um, and and fail, because you know, as as a service, that's the last thing I want to do. So um, that was very traumatic. It's it's what made me leave um, BDSM for a long time. And, And and I'll speak to your. I think found your list very very helpful, and I agree with Julia that non judgment is primary to this. There are a lot of kinks I don't understand. I don't go there. I, you know, I would never do it. It's not in my place to judge someone else for having that kink. And I don't think it's ever a dom's place to do that. They either do it or they don't and the sub can find another mistress or dominant to play with if that's what they're they're looking for. So um, that's a big thing for me. And especially um, as an older gay woman, you know, I went through a long period of, <clears throat> of my own growth in youth, just coming out as queer, much less coming out as, as, as kinky, that um, was met with a lot of judgment from the people around me. Um, fortunately, not my family, they were very loving and, and supportive, but I lost friends and people, you know, send me letters back that say, yeah, don't ever contact me again. And then in the, in the modern era, in the current Spike era, <clears throat> I do have um, a story that was um, pretty much not what SM is. And I had reconnected with an old friend from that I knew in my early days of BDSM. And, um, you know, she's older now and she really, I couldn't handle the intensity that I came back to this with. But rather than having that conversation with me, she set me up to be, to get the crap beat out of me by another dom and telling me that I was gonna get a spanking for my birthday and, or, or for being a good boy. And, and, and it, it really was abusive. And I wouldn't say stop because in my mind to do so would be to just dishonor the person who arranged this for me, who I had great respect for. That wasn't okay. So sorry that happened to you. I think that there,
0: there should be more, um, there should be more training to help subs respect themselves more than the person that they're taking the pain from, ultimately. It's hard because you, you're trained to put themselves, put the Dom first, but you've got to remember, you have to love yourself first and foremost.
6: Um, in order to be a good sub too, you know, so. And that situation was by someone who is considered really one of the grand dames of the BDS, BDSM scene here in Los Angeles. And um, it was very surprising that she couldn't communicate with me that she wasn't comfortable where our relationship was going, but instead chose to have me punished for something I didn't know I was being punished for.
0: You know, popularity has nothing really to do with how good a Dom you are or how much you understand what BDSM is all about. It really doesn't. There's a lot of popular Doms out there who are super famous who um, I've heard stories about where, you know, Sub has been wanting to serve this person for a really long time, many, many years, and then they finally do and totally totally disconnected. I'm sorry to hear that Spike, that that happened to you.
3: Julia? Um, I, I just want to echo what um, what Spike was kind of inferring and you brought up about the subs learning to take care of themselves. And um, I was playing with a Dom, this was just last year, the year before, uh, who I play with a lot. And um, I had not, use my safe word or let her know that I had, you know, this was going too far in a previous, in a previous scene. And so we were playing, uh, we were actually playing on stage. And it was, it was too much. And I said, yellow mistress. And she looked at me and she said, good girl. And it was just, I almost cried. I'm almost crying now (laughs) Um, because it's, it's like, I've learned over the years to taking care of yourself is not, not serving. It's not, not being submissive. Mm-hmm.
0: Correct. Yeah. So I'm happy to hear that you're all aligned with my, my message, my definition of what BDSM is, what it's not. Um, subs should be pay- cherished and treasured and loved and adored and um, you know I think that pet is a really good word because you it makes you kind of understand what what it really means Um, these other terms like so people don't don't understand that slave means you are the most cherished sub of all. (laughs) Um, They they think of the word slave as a demeaning term and everything like that. And it's, there's so much to be understood about this. Um, So uh, thank you all for helping me educate everyone.
1: It's so important. Yes, Charles, go ahead. I know all of us are thinking this, but we want to thank you because you are educating um, others. And in many ways, you're educating us as well. Um, the, the two times that I mentioned, that came more out of anger than it came out of help or anything like that. And, and that's not something that I enjoy. I appreciate that. I'm glad that I'm
0: helping you love yourselves more, if that's what's happening. Because those who, the subs who love themselves more are actually better subs. To, for the mistress. So it comes back around to me. I benefit from it. So,
6: <laughs>
0: so there was an, another part of my question, another question that pertains to that, that same lesson. Share a positive healing experience with the Dom and how that made you feel. Yes, Julia. See,
3: I see. I've been, again, I've been so fortunate that I've had so many beautiful and healing experiences. Um, but there was one there was, um, I used to play with a dear, dear friend of mine. Uh, I mean, we're still we're still very close. Um, but we would play at this uh, particular play party that was every month. And we would play really hard. And I had complete trust in her. And we would often play till I absolutely broke down in tears I mean that was kind of the kind of the goal not every time but a lot of times and um, like we'd go through the scene and would build and build and build and um, she would end by slapping my chest she would take her hands and come down really really hard and I after about six or seven I would break down. And um, this one time I was, I wasn't, I had a really hard week a lot going on in my life. And I was really going through a lot. My head was not in a great place. And so we played and she pushed me and pushed me. And, um, you know, in a really loving way. And at the end, She did that to my chest a few times and I kind of almost fell to my knees and she had me get back up and like I was, tears were coming out, but I hadn't broken down yet. I hadn't broken through, whatever that was. And she looked at me, (laughs) choked up, Um, she looked at me and said, you're not there yet. You're close, but you're not there. Um, And she proceeded to hit me three more times and I crumble. And then she, uh, she just took care of me and said, I knew you needed that. And you know, I've had a number of those experiences. So I, I count myself very fortunate.
0: Mm. Wow. That's a Dom that really knows you you know, for for her to be able to do a scene like that with you.
3: We were so close. We were dear friends Mm -hmm. um, who also played.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can't do a scene like that with someone you just meet at a play party or something. Just just putting it out there. It's not a scene that you just, yeah. So thank you, Julia. Um, I think Spike was next and then LP.
6: Julia, that was an absolutely beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that so much.
0: Yes, thank you.
6: Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. And those connections are to be treasured. And um, they're really special. Um, And not to sound like a sycophant, but my story is with you, mistress, because, you know, I came to you transactionally, um, bringing myself back into the BDSM life after my long hiatus and um, literally your offer of submission um, and of service so quickly. Um, The elation that I feel and the joy that I feel and the pride that I feel in becoming yours and becoming yours quickly, so quickly, um, there's nothing that has matched this in my life. And it's such a joyful journey. Um, even the the lows are are learning points and there's nothing that I would give up um, in this and the reason it's so incredibly healing is after 20 years with someone who was a narcissistic sociopath um, you gave me back the ability to believe in myself
0: thank you Spike it's a gift that you just gave me to to let me know that I made a difference for you in in your personal life and everything like that. Um, I took you in immediately because I just, it was something I knew, you know, I wanted to to bring you in. Um, I felt like I wanted to bring you in to meet my girls. It was just instant. So it was quite fateful. I appreciate you.
6: Thank you, mistress. LP? Thank
5: you, mistress. Um, the, the story I, I'd like to share is one that I've shared with most of you before. Um, your, your sister, as you know, has... Uh, I'm going to do my best not to get choked up. Uh, but your sister really saved my life. Um, I grew up in a small town with no kink connection, uh, isolated, and um, had m- multiple relationships w- with women where I was open and honest about who, who I am, but they were never able to embrace that part of me. And when I reached out to your sister and started serving her, um, and, and as our as our um, bond grew, that I was serving her as a means to suppress the depressive slide that I was in at the time because I was so isolated and feeling like I was so different and weird that, how could a woman ever love a, how could a woman ever love a guy like me, a weird guy like me? Well, as our relationship grew, and I was still getting depressed at the time because I was in a vanilla marriage that um, just, I, I, I felt so isolated and, and um, misunderstood. And when I reached a, a given point uh, uh, that I slid very hard into depression, I got very sick physically. I, I was in the hospital for almost a month uh, with gut issues tied to stress, tied to depression. And when I came out of the hospital and started sharing with your sister about my feelings and w- where I truly was, she forced me to really, she, that's when she started pushing me to embrace who I am. And most importantly though, she was the first woman, dominant woman, who ever looked at me and said, I love you. And it was hard for her to say that to me because at the time she was a little, you know, I know that it was difficult for her to say that because she wasn't sure about boundaries and those kinds of things. And at the time we were all kind of figuring out, is it okay to say I love you to somebody that is your 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 dominant and not necessarily your life partner or boyfriend, girlfriend? Anyway, she pushed me through all of that and she forced me to embrace who I am and pushed me deep into submission and forced me to, to experience the things that were always kind of, um, she lovingly pushed me through the boundaries that I had always set for myself. Everything from force by to strap on play, all those things that I was afraid of, she pushed me through and she embraced me as I pushed through those things and we just grew even closer to the point where now I look at myself and I'm so proud. Hmm.
0: I'm proud of you too, LP. I'm proud of my sister too. Yeah.
5: Me too. Thank you, mistress. So (laughs) Just proud of the fact that I love and embrace myself for who I am now. And uh, proud of myself to be surrounded by all of you beautiful people. You're so. a gem,
0: LP. You truly are. You're, you're you're a beautiful soul. And you're and beautiful submissive. So I'm I'm glad that you're I've seen how you I've seen how long you've come. Many of us have. And I'm, I'm proud of you. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you've embraced and and have come to love yourself as others who love you do.
5: Thank you, mistress. Thank, thank you. And I, I'm so grateful for you and your sister. I just, I, I want to be able to throw that out there. I'm I'm so grateful to be loved by you and the rest of the submissives in the community. So thank you.
0: Thank you. And just to educate everybody on who my sister is, um, Mistress Jezebel Chi has been a pro-dom and lifestyle dom for pretty much the same amount of time as I have. She's more a little, she's a little more private. Um, so she's she's more of a, a lifestyle dom at this point, but uh, she's been in in the dom journey right along with me for, you know, it's been over 20 years now, so. Um, And she's also going to be participating in uh, when we get to the archetypes, she's going to, we're going to be seeing some demos from her (laughs) in this academy. So, yay.
5: Okay. Yeah. If I can add one more thing, I I forgot that I was going to answer your, your specific question of a specific experience. Um, As you, you and the others know, one of the greatest, days of my life was the day that your sister tied me up and gave me a prince albert piercing she pierced pierced me myself as many of you uh, pierced me herself as many of you know and we both cried like babies that day so it was one of the greatest days of my life
0: Mm -hmm. wow yeah i know she inspired me (laughs) (laughs) to prince albert my own (laughs) slave.
6: Um, Spike, uh, comment on that? Um, I just wanted to let you know, LP, that you're incredibly loved and incredibly worthy and an incredible asset to this team. You're going to make me cry again, Spike. <laughs> you already made me cry, so it's only fair. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And Charles?
1: This is going to be very difficult for me. I... Served one mistress for more than 20 years. And she took me along the journey. She made me respect by myself. And she did many things for me. She also took me to the absolute pinnacle that I could ever want. And took me to the absolute ocean floor, depths, Mariana's trench, as low as I could ever be. But we have to talk about specific things that have been meaningful to us and important and in a way life-changing. And I have to thank you, Mistress Damiana. There have been two. The very first time you spanked me on your bench was enlightening. It was it was it was wonderful. All of a sudden, here I was, I was getting spanked. One of the things that I have never requested and I was almost in tears, not from the pain, but from the joy. And I wanna thank you for that. And the second is you understood my personality. You understood my protection of others. Spike left the air conditioner on. Spike left the air conditioner on and you allowed me to take blame for it and to take her punishment for it. Then that night, you locked me in the cage. And I consider that one experience, if you will. And that was, gave me a taste, gave me an experience that I had never experienced before. And it was one that was, it was also life-changing. And it was Wonderful i I cannot thank you enough i I simply cannot and uh but I will thank you here and now. Thank you very much, mistress. Thank you
0: you're welcome slave charles uh, you've been a joy you've been an absolute joy to have and um our journey has just begun, really <laughs> But I, it takes a lot of, you know, I, the reason why you you say that I understand you is because I, you're a lot on my mind, The, the subs that are important to me take up a lot of room in my mind, but joyfully, you know, I, I ruminate over things and, you know, I do, you know, I think about relationships either between me and you or between, the group, members of the group, and things like that. Those things are important to me. Um, so writing things are important to me, making things right. So I'm glad to have provided healing experiences because I feel like that's it's part of my duty.
1: Thank you, Mistress.
6: Thank you, Charles.
0: Yes, Spike.
6: I love you, bro. You left the air conditioning on and you got the joy of spending the evening in the cage for it. So um, I do love you and you're very welcome that you left the air conditioning on.
1: You know, it's kind of interesting that yes, it was a a great joy to spend the night in the cage. And that joy was highly tempered by how much my butt hurt. from the from the crop mistress gave me. Every time I would relax and realize how happy I was, I would realize that, oh, that hurts like whatever. <laughs> but the whole experience was one that was just an exceptional and a wonderful experience. Thank you, Spike.
0: Thank you for sharing. Anyone else have a healing experience to share? Yes, Stacy.
2: Thank you, mistress. I'll make it quick, but it's kind of a two, I have to reference one session and then get to the healing session story. So the first one I shared this in one of the workshops, my second session ever in my life, uh, I went to New York city and found a dom in Manhattan. And it was the first time I ever asked a dom to feminize me, which I've shared also that it's been much harder for me to accept that subset of my submissive persona. It was easier to accept that I'm submissive. Um, it was really easy to accept that I'm a fetishist. I never had trouble with that part. But to accept that I need to be feminized, it it didn't come easily. So this was a really big step for me, You know, my second session ever. And the woman put me in a couple of random pieces of lingerie, shackled my hands over my head to a bar on the ceiling and started flogging me. And I was young, it wasn't a great session, but I was like 22 or something. So it, I was still excited, but um, it wasn't great. But it was okay. But then she stopped in the middle and came over to me and said, out of nowhere, why do you want to do this? You seem so normal. And I thought, yeah, I thought I got angry immediately. Um, like, how dare you? It felt like a betrayal. Like, are are you not like the spokesperson for this whole realm? Are you not like my guide here? You're going to tell me I'm abnormal? For, um, so it was horrible. And I wanted to just abort and and, you know, get on the road and away from her. And I didn't turn away from kink. I mean, it's too much a part of me. And I've always known I was kinky since, you know, I've always said since like the womb I've known. So um, it didn't knock me off the path, but I didn't ask to be feminized for quite a while. So now we get to the, now I'm out in San Francisco on the other side of the country. And I went to see one of your mentors, actually, mistress. This was uh, mistress Ilsa Strick. We were both in the Bay Area at the time. So I had never met her. I didn't know what to expect. This was before the internet. So we always had to contact with these little ads that were like this big these little print ads usually no photos and you'd call on the phone and it just gives kind of a crapshoot you'd hope for the best it was russian roulette sometimes um so i didn't know what to expect but she's beautiful and she's very striking and kind of powerful you know there's something very powerful about her um and so she gave me a great session but i i asked her to feminize me i think there was one of the keywords in her little tiny ad said something like cross-dressing or something that Told me, oh, she'll at least do it. I don't know if she's into it, but she'll do it. So she gave me a fantastic session, but she did it in a way that gave me the impression throughout that she's actively enjoying this specific activity. She likes mm-hmm. the feminism She's not doing it just because I'm a customer and she has to, you know, make the burger and get me on my way. It it was like she was invested. She was really into it. She cared how I responded to things. How, you know, my my energy level, all of that. And I could tell she was. I don't want to say she was excited, but that sounds like I'm, I'm assuming too much, you know, that now we're getting into wishful fulfillment. but she was, she was definitely engaged and energized and she was into it. And um, she was pleased with me specifically was another sensation that I had in that role. Like she liked doing the feminization and she liked the way it was landing with me specifically. Mm-hmm. So this was all incredibly exciting and repairing the damage of this other thing and then when we were finished she kind of said you know goodbye showed me to the door and i had to call a cab and back in that um time period i didn't have a car so i was waiting for a cab to take me to the bart station so i could you know get across the bay and it took a while she lived up in the hills so i'm waiting and waiting she came out of the front door to kind of just keep me company while i was waiting and she was wearing this weird like mishmash kind of amalgamation of like couple Dom pieces still there, a bathrobe and her slippers. And um, it was a pretty, uh, you know, interesting combo. I didn't expect to see any part of her that wasn't just the serious mm-hmm. Dom part. Um, so she was kind of letting her guard down in that sense, you know, voluntarily and sharing that part of her with me. And that touched me a lot. And she started telling me about next time we can do this. And I sometimes take some misses out to clubs and here's what I do. It. She told me a couple of like, to me, they seem like really edgy, extreme like, Pegging a sub in a parking lot of some club, you know, just where the world could see. Depending on who's, and I was young and inexperienced, introvert, and I felt like this is too much for me. I'm not doing that right. Looking back, I wish I had been bolder. You know, I would love that now. But um, it just, the entire experience, made me just feel like I was seen by this this experienced, you know, equipped, informed woman. I was not just accepted by her, but actively appreciated and specifically in that whole feminization realm. So it kind of put me back on track to feel like, oh, it is okay to explore that. Maybe that woman in New York City was the random, weird, mm-hmm. you know, um, anomaly. Like she's not the norm. She's not, I can ask for this, it's okay. I won't be shunned and ridiculed. And, um, you know, I had the sense suddenly, are dogs just laughing at us as soon as we leave? are they calling their friends and saying, what, what this weirdo want to That's what I came out of the New York session feeling like. So. This kind of, you know, everybody says it left a bad taste in my mouth. This left a really great taste in my mouth. Um, it was very healing. So,
0: wonderful story. I've never heard that story, Stacy. I never told you that. No, I'm so happy to hear it. Um, I was so happy. You know, I was picturing the whole thing. I can totally picture Ilsa doing all this. Um, she's so wonderful. And she is so, and she's so kinky. She's so into it herself. I know exactly what you mean. Um, she, I was trained under Ilsa and Ilsa Strix and Sabrina Belladonna during my early years as a, as a beginning Dom. And it was, it, it changed my life to get correct information, you know, and and, and when I was first started starting out, learning it from learning the right information from the very start was really important for me in my growth as a Dom.
2: You actually um, the footnote to the, the story uh, postscript, I guess, um, years later, I read that she married one of the guys who was one of the Wachowski brothers at the mm-hmm. time who, you know, they made the Matrix films and all a bunch of mm-hmm. very successful films and basically turned him into her. Larry became Lana and lives as a woman now. So that was retroactive, more validation. Right. I was I was right. She likes the feminization. She thing. Does. She's cool with it. That's um,
0: what I was thinking about. Too. I was thinking. About yeah. Him. Yeah,
2: but I didn't know that at the time. You know, how would I have known at the time?
0: Yeah, yeah. I could go into stories about that, but I'm I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah. Very cool, Stacy. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, Mistress.
3: Thank you, mistress. Uh, that was a beautiful story, which I can just so relate to because when I started cross dressing, uh, I remember uh, a DomCon. I you know I just started doing it, and I started to get to know this one Dom. And she invited me to get, start getting ready with their group up in a hotel room. I was all nervous and I wasn't sure how to introduce myself, you know, as Julia or as my male name, like I hadn't, it was still so new. And I remember she brought me into the hotel room filled with people, filled with people. And she said, said, this is Julia. And I was like, oh, that's me that's me and she loves that she loves that about me so i can really relate to that it's just beautiful mm-hmm.
0: thank, thank you. you thank you julie thank, thank you stacy for that wonderful story yes greg
4: um th- this is really kind of a lot more minor but it goes to i think a lot of what stacy was talking about it was actually a class uh, a class at your place and some uh, Mr. Simone Justice was teaching it. It was a humiliation class. Charles was in it, me, Charles, and one other guy, and uh, seven perspective doms. <clears throat> one of the doms who happened to be a, an ex porn star, I w- we basically broke up into groups of maybe two or three uh, doms to one sub doing various types of humiliation um, talk. And um, so a- after it, I w- we were talking, and and i I think maybe the the topic was golden showers or whatever and i was starting to tell her uh, some story about it and then um, mr simone said okay we're ready to do the next section now and she started explaining it and so didn't really get a chance to finish her conversation and then so after that next um, category of humiliation was over she came that dom came over and said okay so you're saying so and so about this golden shower scene or whatever. And, and just, just really kind of made me feel very valuable that, you know, she was really listening to me and um, there was no, it it was, yeah, it just made me, you know, that, that she was really interested and really valued my, what I was saying. And and, uh, it just really stuck with me, even though it's something that's very minor.
0: Yeah. It's uh, thank you, Greg, for sharing that. It's, it's so important for a sub to, be heard, be seen and be, and feel like, made to be made to feel like the Dom's interested in you. Like that's super key is to know that, wow. Like I, she's actually interested in me. She wants to know more. She wants to play with me, all that, to feel desired by the Dom, desired and and interested in, um, yeah,
6: so important. Valued. I, I love that you used valued. the word valued because yeah. that's exactly what it is. Is that you like for me, that's all I want. All I want is to know that I'm giving you pleasure and, and that is something of value, that is something of worth to you as a Dom. Um you specifically, but whoever that Dom that I'm serving is, I I want them I want to be treasured. I want to be that that family pet in that moment at all times and, and that is why why I do this, you know. And so, um, if there is any king, that's my king. Um, but um, that's really where the connection is, and that's what we as subs, certainly I as a sub, crave, is to know that I'm of value and and that that you, you that I hold worth in the dom's eyes. And mm-hmm. thank you, Greg. That is a great story.
0: Yeah, Greg's story is is really. It's a good one because it reminds us that doms make such a huge impact, huge healing impact, no matter how little. And doms should really know that and understand that. They hold a lot of power in so many ways. You know, just by saying one word, you can impact a sub so deeply for years or forever. That's that's how much... Parthers in a dom. You have something to say to that LP?
5: Thank you, mistress. Uh, yes. In fact, you, you just remember, reminded me of um, the second part of my story that I got too uh, emotional that I forgot to, to add, but it was to share with about you and what you've done for me, which was, um, you might recall couple years ago we haven't played together a whole lot but a couple years ago you 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 called me to you and we we did about a a three-hour session and you you implemented corporal on me prior to that session i very rarely ever wanted to have corporal discipline in a session and um because I, i hadn't had much of it and i and in my mind i didn't want it and when you called me to that session and we played and you took me very deep. I've never had anybody take me so deep, so fast. And it was, a, it was a heavy corporal session and it awakened in me so much. And most importantly, I think the biggest thing that I gained from that is you being who you are, you are so appreciative Towards me, uh, for me taking that, I was so proud of myself, and I felt so good. So that was the second. That was the second positive experience I wanted to share with the group was playing with you. It awakened. I'm I'm not a masochist, but it it, it awakened. It showed me that through suffering, through servitude, in taking um, that corporal punishment, um, I felt so. So proud of myself, and I felt like I I had given you something that I, I was so so happy to be able to give back. So I just wanted to share that with you.
0: Thank, thank you. you, thank you, LP. I never I I never heard you tell me that story before. I mean, that's I love that.
5: I, I, I'm very proud of that picture. Most of the people in the in the this room have seen the picture that you took of me on your massage table, bound down. Because uh-huh. it is one of the it's one of the best sessions I've ever had in my life, to be honest with well,
0: you. Well, I hadn't heard, you know the um, the feelings that you had afterwards. Like I hadn't heard this part the the post session, how much impact and it had. So. this oh.
5: It totally changed me as a submissive. It really did. It awakened, it, it opened my eyes to the recognition that, that corporal is something that is very cathartic for me and I, I need it. And I chase that feeling of, mm-hmm. of giving my dominant, um, suffering for my dominant it, through corporal. So thank Great. you for that.
0: Great. Well, you're welcome. I'm proud to have been, to have given healing experiences through corporal. I insist upon it. So I'm going to be training some good DOMs on how to do <laughs> healing experiences with corporal and with lots of other things. In fact, what I'm really doing here, what I'm really teaching is I'm I'm teaching light workers and healers. I'm I'm training them and they're just undercover <laughs> they, they look like dominatrixes but they're actually undercover healers and, and light workers that's that's what i really believe that's who i feel like i've attracted into the academy so i'm really excited
5: i have to agree with you on that yeah mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's going to be a great journey thank you all so much this was great wonderful i've learned so much from all of you like i always do and i appreciate all each and every one of you i love you all and this academy would not be what it is without each and every one of you so you are you're so just know that i don't know if i tell you that enough but you're so appreciated i'm grateful in this interview with the sub coaches. I asked them to share some personal stories of negative, harmful, or traumatic experiences that they have had with Doms, and then ones of positive, reparative, healing experiences. Hearing the traumatic stories is very enlightening because subs don't typically share their painful experiences with anyone. Most of these painful memories had just been kept privately to themselves for years or decades. I hope doms out there listening listened carefully and took it in. You have the power to affect another human being on a deep, long-lasting level. You can consciously choose to affect someone in a positive, healing way, or unconsciously and carelessly affect someone in a negative, hurtful way. Now more than ever in the history of the existence of BDSM, there are more untrained, bad doms out there hurting people in the wrong way—physically, emotionally, psychologically, and financially—then there are educated, good DOMs. It's not okay. You can see why BDSM education and training is so crucial. Fortunately, there are BDSM educators out there who care about this community, including myself, who are committed to turning these statistics around. Hearing the subcoach's positive stories in this interview were a welcome follow-up to the traumatic ones, and were equally impactful in heartwarming, inspiring ways. These healing stories were just as important to hear, and they were wonderful examples of how dominatrices who practice BDSM consciously are light workers who play in the dark, as in the title of my podcast. Healing experiences can override the negative ones, much like psychodrama therapy. I was trained in psychodrama technique in my clinical psychology graduate program, and I can contend that BDSM, when practiced consciously and correctly, has a very similar healing effect. Many subs I know say that BDSM with their favorite DOMs has been the best therapy they've ever experienced. This is why my work as a dominatrix has been so fulfilling for over two decades now. I'm proud to call myself a dominatrix, and I'm proud of the doms that I'm training who also feel the same fulfillment. There's nothing else like it. It's deep. It's powerful. It's bonding. It's healing. It's sexy. It's intense. It's fun. It's funny. It's human. It's so many things. But it boils down to love. I had a teacher in my clinical psychology program tell us once that even though we were being taught dozens of therapy techniques, what really heals is love. BDSM sessions heal when done with love. That's it. This podcast is fully supported by my Patreon patrons. Your patronage is much appreciated. As a member of my Patreon community... You will be able to connect with me in fun ways, like participating on the Q&A episodes, BDSM domination episodes, and access to my private telegram group, where you can ask me questions every week and do one-on-one personal video chats with me. Become my patron by going to patreon.com slash PhD. I'd like to send a very special thanks to my Patreon members. It means so much to me to know that what I'm doing is appreciated. Duchess of Mandalorian, Andre, Domina Flora, Pussy Doll, Richard T, Tong L, DJW, Yvette R, Caro K, Keith F, Layla L, Tom, Tracy C, Andrea, Annette K, Betty, Bill B, Jake, Natsu Persephone Rose, Sylvie, Tom W., Serena O., Priestess Francesca, some add. And many thanks to the editor, Jeff Neagle. Thank you for listening to Lightworkers Who Play in the Dark. I love providing valuable BDSM content to my community. So if you would like to support this podcast... Please become my patron by going to patreon.com slash Damiana Chi PhD. My patrons receive different benefits, like asking questions for Q&A episodes, free access to Conscious Kink community, and personal video chats with me on a weekly basis. The Patreon link and other links to my different websites, where you can apply for BDSM sessions, kink-centered life coaching, the Evolutionary Dominatrix Academy, Conscious Kink Community can all be found on DamianaChiPhD.com. You can also connect with me on social media at DamianaChiPhD. If you love this show, please share and subscribe. And until next time, sending love and kinky blessings to you all.